just had sex. not here we are coming to you with another episode of prognosis where we once again attempt to convince our buddy matt that progressive rock and all of its forms are beautiful and worth your time worth your patience um we're con- currently consuming uh sierra nevada narwhal and stone irs which are both tasting lovely right about now we're about to have some beer hates astronauts from half acre that's expected to be great as well we are accepting beer sponsorship, so send us your crappy beer or your good beer, and we'll be happy to drink it. I would prefer if you send us your best beer. That's possible, too. So we're going to hand Matt the lyrics to another beautiful song, uh, a masterpiece of modern progressive rock, uh, by one of the, 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 for, the front runners of the progressive rock movement currently. Currently? Currently, as a matter yes. of fact. So I'm going to hand this over to, uh, to Matt, who is not possibly going to enjoy these lyrics. Here, enjoy this. <laughs> Did I set it up well for you? Alright, go for it A mother sings a lullaby to a child Sometime in the future the boy goes wild And all his nerves are feeling some kind of energy A walk in the woods and I will try Something under the trees that made you cry It's so erotic when you make up runs When your makeup runs We never understood that, that line either I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I got wiring loose inside my head. I got books that I never read. I got secrets in my garden shed. I got a scar where all my urges bled. I got people underneath my bed. I got a place where all my dreams are dead. Swim with me into your blackest eyes. A few minutes with me inside my van. Should be so beautiful if we can. I'm feeling something taking over me. All right. right. Let's go set that one up. Here we go. All right, we've returned from listening to this tune, and uh, so those of us who, uh, in, who listen to this, uh, all four of us who listen to this, uh, who like progressive rock, already know this is Blackest Eyes by Porcupine Tree. Um, there's a lot to say about this song and about this specific album. Um, it's, suffice it to say that it's hard to tell just by reading the lyrics what this song is about. You would have like no earthly idea. So Matt probably still has no earthly idea what this, what this song is about. Certainly not what the album is, but it is a concept album. This is a slice of effectively a concept type of thing. So go ahead. All right. Well, for me, what Stephen Wilson tries to do on this particular record is, you know, it's this song in like in particular for me is like a short variety of like a descent into madness where basically like the the dark part of your mind is fighting the urges that like want to come out of your hand. Uh, that's where that's where I see Black Asides coming from because there's so many things that go into the mind of like violent people and weird people and stuff like that and it's hard to distill shit like that down into, you know, a 4-minute song because you have to set it up somehow. I think that Porcupine Tree does this extremely well with the moods in the song. Like when you go back and forth, particularly between like the clean parts and the verse where the story begins to take shape. And then when it gets a little bit heavier, it's just the fucking train coming off the rails. It's like this dude's going over the edge. He's going to fucking murder this poor girl in the woods. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much what drives me to this song. Uh, the, the in absentia album 
in uh, in general. So, Matt, what do you what did you think of the song? Well, after reading the lyrics, I think my question was, and it, when you mentioned this is a concept album, that kind of answered my question because the lyrics seem somewhat bizarre. So, I would agree with that. There's there's a line here about how he he's upset or he's so erotic when your makeup runs. That line reminds me of uh, one of the songs from Lunar Strain uh, from In Flames, which notoriously the, the rest of the band members uh, in In Flames prohibited the lyrics for that album ever to be published because they thought they were so god-awful. <laughs> and if you listen to it very closely, it, it becomes clear that that album is about this dude's ex-girlfriend that dumped him, and the <gasps> lyrics are you know, something along the lines of, your nail polish makes me cry like when I think about it. Like, <laughs> like, you know, idiotic stuff like that. So I was listening to the song with some trepidation because that, that's kind of what I was thinking. But then, I mean, some of the lyrics later in the song kind of remind me, I can't remember what the name of the song is, but it's a ween song. It's basically about, you know, like a, a rapist, uh, like a, a rapist serial murderer uh, who's kind of like trapped in his own head. And when you mentioned this is a concept album, is that what the concept album is about? Yeah, it's, it's, it's ostensibly about a serial killer. Um, it's actually kind of, a, from what I understand, it's about a specific serial killer, but they also borrow in ideas from just, you know, kind of imagination. It's, it's supposed to be a very dark album. So this song, so anybody who hasn't heard it yet, it's worth listening to uh, on, on, go on YouTube and, uh, and listen to it, but really go buy the album because Stephen Wilson, out of all people, despises mp3s and it despises the sound of the sound quality reasons he actually probably doesn't give a shit if you send him a dollar for his song or not but he probably does care that you're listening to the song at lower than cd quality but anyways listen to the tune and uh and, and get the vibe it's a really positive sounding song it's really happy except for the main heavy riff which is really dark and kind of brooding but it's all this all this cheerful melody all these major scale sounds and effectively he's saying things along the lines of it's erotic when your makeup runs which is not necessarily something that should be erotic when you make a girl upset. <laughs> you usually shouldn't find that to be erotic. That should be kind of creepy Unless you're and weird. emo and that's... Yeah, I guess if it's... Yeah, it's possible, but I doubt it. This, and then this journey is well beyond emo. <laughs> I, I've got wiring loose inside my head. I've got, I've got secrets in my garden shed. I've got people underneath my bed. Right. <laughs> so I've got a place where all my dreams are dead. So the song You've is never heard a happier song about murder in your life. From from what I gather, it's pretty much supposed to be the the uh, I guess the the, the serial killer character's uh, inner monologue. Basically, it's what he's thinking. But it's all cheery and happy sounding when he's saying these relatively awful things and and uh, things that could be taken either positively or negatively. Um, so it's like it doesn't really fucking matter that he's got corpses in his garden shed and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> is what I guess you're supposed to be getting. He's, he's, he's totally okay with that. I guess the other thing I have to say about this song is this seems like the least prog sounding song that we've covered on this podcast so far. Other than the production values, I I don't recognize much in here that fits the typical, stereotypical prog uh, element. I think that if you were to sit there and count your way through this song, you would find where the prog happens. It's generally you're feeling it in the rhythms and in the the uh, time signature stuff. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to straight headbang this song. This isn't just like an up and downer. Yeah. So one of the one of the tenets that happens in you know the most 
cursory exploration of progressive rock is you have odd time signatures happening or, or alternating time signatures happening. So when you're tapping your foot along or you're bobbing your head along or you're tapping the steering wheel, whatever it is that you're doing, and somehow it stops working what you're doing. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of prog rock artists like the idea that their crowd is in, in, the, you know, in the auditorium and they're tapping their foot along or they're bouncing around or whatever, and suddenly they, can't, they have to stop and reset and reboot uh, because it doesn't work anymore. That's the idea. That's just the, the flipping times. But this is definitely a progressive rock band. We could show you some vastly more progressive, rocky kind of songs, just as we could take Rush and find you some more poppy-sounding songs right. as well. So, so I'd say I'm, I'm always a sucker for concept albums, so I'd be willing to listen to this album front to back based on the selection you played for me. I couldn't say if I just happened to hear this song somewhere and not know anything about it that I would ever give it a second listen because I'm not really intrigued enough by the song itself but now knowing a little bit more about you know how this song is written what the the lyrics are I'm curious to see how it fits into the album as a whole uh so I don't know if that's a win or a loss. I'm not exactly sure what puts this either. I don't so, particularly like this song, but I'd, I'd be curious to listen to the. the but does whole like album. the 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 win or the loss would be does the song suck? <laughs> so in your estimation, is this a, like is this song bad enough to slap a suck label on it? That's a tough call. That's a tough call. <laughs> okay. See, okay, so this has been uh, been grinding at me for a little while. It seems that your distinctions between a good song and a bad song. Are completely arbitrary. There seems to be no, no like actual like tenet that to to grasp onto. It's like, uh, and it seems also that like you have a there's a negative to uh, to polish and ability. So somebody's effort level seems to be negatively rewarded um, in, in your particular distinctions. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I I tend to dislike. Um, overproducing, overproduction values, and really glossy production. This song, I feel, has a lot of gloss in its production. Uh, it's definitely polished. There's no question. That, about that it. type of thing tends to turn me off to begin with. But even the musicianship, typically, like the 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 more like uh, the more pr like polished the musicianship is, sometimes the less you like it. It's I don't like. And we've mentioned this. Repeatedly, I don't like the masturbatory style of, of music playing where it's technical for technical sake. I'm definitely more into the, the groove style. Like I like establishing melodies. I like I like you know structure to songs. Uh, I think that you have a problem as soon as you say as soon as you go to the you appeal to the masturbatory aspect of it though because like what what's the distinction between like um, you know say like a, a Bach prelude. And and say like a complicated run. Now I, I don't I'm not about to tell you that like a progressive rock band I like is as as refined as as a Bach piece. But I'm just using it as an example. Like the, what you would have to do to perform a Bach. In fact, I could actually pull out. A, I have a couple of progressive rock songs that have Bach pieces in the middle of them. You would hear that, and, and I suspect because I don't assume that you're a a big Bach aficionado, a big Baroque listener, that <laughs> that uh, you would probably say this is just a bunch of wanking, a bunch of you yeah. know nonsense. And and it's it seems that that doesn't hold up. It seems that that's you know how why would that be a bad thing that somebody's somebody presents an idea that is considered to be among the greats of all recorded. Well, music. I would say any prog band who's covering Bach is doing it from a winking standpoint. They're doing it to be deliberatively. 
So there's no there could Wanky. be there could be no art in that process. Uh I'm not saying there couldn't be, but if I was presented with that, I would probably immediately dismiss it as being like winkish. See, I kind of feel like if I put on anything that has uh, has a particular love, there's, I I kind of feel like I know a touchstone of I can I can put this kind of level of skill music on, and you will automatically dismiss it. Whereas I could find music that it intentionally is like sloppy or lacking in certain ways, and you wouldn't intentionally dismiss it. It's like it seems like like uh, there's a negative to to accomplishment. <laughs> it's like the harder you work, the less I'm gonna like it. Like the less true I'm gonna believe it is. Like like as though there's like more artistic value or more emotional value in music that is of a lesser accomplishment level. I guess I don't know. You know I don't know if that's that's necessarily true. And I try to listen to you know these prog songs with open mind because I have a, a bias against prog music. Obviously, which is no, the whole sure. point that we're doing these podcasts. But you know. I'm a big metal fan. There's definitely a lot of wanking in metal at times, and there's you know there's bands of different you know levels of talent, and you know you could take a black metal band like Emperor, who I think are extremely talented, very good songwriters, and you know kind of push the envelope in black metal, and I appreciate what they do there. And there's black metal bands that are horrible, horrible musicians Person. who have terrible. You're gonna get murdered. Uh, Watch uh, out. Uh, That's okay. Production values. You come and, find me, dog. And there's there's Count art. Krishnak, he called you out. That's right. <laughs> Bert Burzum's an excellent example. I think there's some artistry in Burzum. There I would never argue that they're a talented band necessarily, but uh, you know, part of their shtick was hey, we know we're terrible musicians, but let's try to push the envelope and doing things as horribly production wise as possible. So I Let's mean, see how bad bad can get. I mean, it's true. You know, they they tried to find the shittiest secondhand microphones they could find, then intentionally break them, then use those as their guitar microphones. You know, there's there's one art. admires dedication to artwork, but you have to question the reason. Yeah, I think you get to a point where uh, if if it's if it's easy to dismiss something because of a capability level, it's kind of dismissive of potential genius. And I'm not, and I'm I, the last thing I could do is tell you that all prog rock is worth your time. Um, I listen to a lot of prog rock that is not worth your time, like the same way as you listen to a lot of black metal that is plainly not worth my time. You know, like I am not going to listen to Burzum. I don't care. Like I'm, this is a band with a fucking murderer in it. Come on, get get real. I'm not interested in, in fucking paying attention to what they have to say artistically. And and at the same time, like I don't expect you to ever be a Rush convert. There are some amazing moments in Rush, and there's some things that are like. It's silly. It's like I'm listening to this because it's silly and because it, it makes me laugh or whatever. But uh, I feel like uh, if and you... that I appreciate more than <laughs> the things the things that turn me off about Prague, and it may just be because I'm not a talented musician. But the things about Prague that I think people listen to Prague, if you, if you say it insists upon itself, I'm punching you across this table. Is that <laughs> there's a lot of Prague that I think you is not structured in a way for non-musicians to appreciate what's happening. So a lot of it just sounds to be chaos or, um, you know, structured in a way to be difficult purposefully. So, I'm so that to people this... who understand how it's that's put together think, wow, that's really technical and complicated. Uh, I appreciate that because I understand it. So, so this song kind of 
disproves that argument a little bit, though, because right. it's a really simple organized Right, exactly, song which is why I said this doesn't sound like prog necessarily compared to what we've heard before. Okay, so. but take that, take that on its face, and let's say a song requires three or four listens before you begin to be able to parse it. Have you ever experienced that before? Yeah. So that's kind of like, that's kind of the norm with, with so much of great, like, post-bop jazz, and certainly the norm with any kind of later, you know, uh, 20th century, you know, symphonic kind of works and whatnot. You ha- it, you're not going to get it the first time you hear it. Yeah. And you may not get it the second or third time you hear it. And there's there's value to be found sometimes in those, in those you know, efforts that you put forward to try and understand the music. It doesn't mean it's going to replace, you know... Fucking your favorite song of all time. Sure, from Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I mean it's totally. It's not gonna you know take away like Jesse's Girl from you. Jesse's Girl is still gonna be your favorite song, but like. <laughs> and it is his favorite song. <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> so, but I mean, like you're still gonna you're still gonna hear what you're gonna hear. Right, but, and I agree. I mean, some of the best albums, you know, some of my favorite albums of all time are albums that I've listened to a couple of times and dismissed, and then came back to and paid more attention to, and thought, wow, there's a lot going on here. I need to pay more attention to. But I think that one one should probably should not assume that a music that is complicated is music exclusively for musicians because you know enough musicians to know that not every great even great musicians that you know not even not even every great musician you know is all that bright you know I mean like so uh, seriously let's, let's call you know let's be serious like uh, most most musicians I know are average to to brilliant people but some of these people are dumb you know so I know some dumb musicians you know so. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. I'm not sure they're musicians, but, but I mean, so like, and, and I would consider you a relatively intelligent individual. Like, so you shouldn't be beneath as a listener beneath anybody else just because you don't know the difference between like Phrygian dominant and the Locrian mode or whatever. You know, it's right. like just because you don't know the meanings of these things doesn't mean that you can't hear the differences and say, oh, the shifted vibe from this. It got it got it went from kind of happy but creepy to sad but screwed up. You shouldn't have to be a musician to appreciate music. Like, I I'm not a painter, and I know Pizarro's are pretty badass paintings. You know, like when I look at them, or like I might not like, you know, like I might not understand a Jackson Pollock, but I can look at it and see the inherent artistic quality in it. And that's I think the same thing when you listen to this music. Um, with Porcupine Tree in particular, uh, they're they're a far more accessible band than some like than like let's say Hawkwind, but uh, when you listen to it, like there there's an innate quality to the the way things are composed that's just pleasing to your ear, and it's a it's an overall sense of of complexity that's not objectionable. Like it gets complex in a way that's not like oh this feels like it's trying to go over my head. It's like well there's a lot going on there, but I'm I'm kind of vibing on it. You know yeah, what I mean so, and I agree. I, I agree with everything you said. I think we're arguing the, the same argument here, just from different different ends of the the, the spectrum here. Like the, I agree totally. This this song is seems far more accessible, um, and I agree that you shouldn't have to be a musician to appreciate music. And that's why certain types of prog turn me off because I feel like I'm not appreciating this song, and I feel like it's because I'm missing. Okay, well, one last brief question. Aaron, for you specifically, do you believe that there is good versus bad music? Do you believe that there's, a, that there's like, objective standards, or is it entirely in, in the listener's ear? See, and, me, and before you answer that question, you, I, I want to put, put two standards out there for yeah, you I don't, don't want to make the wrong answer happen. Well, I want to <laughs> put, put two standards out there really quick for you. Go for it. Could somebody tell you 
that say uh, the the Taylor Swift catalog is as musically important or as as good as an artist in an artistic statement as the Beatles catalog. Somebody could make that point to me. Absolutely. Well, would um, it be a va- could it be a valid point? Could it be a valid point? Not talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking no, about as art. I was gonna say as as art. I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. Really? You know? Yeah. Okay. Like as as an art appreciator, like. So would you say that if you can't answer it, would you say it's possible that that it is as subjective as that? No, that that is that it's entirely subjective. I think the second you try to quantify art, the second you put music to a set of rules, like when the the second you bracket it and say this is what I'm saying, that you cheapen the art form slightly. You know what I mean? Like because this is this is somebody's expression, whether it's the stupidest line like line drawing on a cave wall or whether it's you know it's already leagues better than a taylor swift yeah i know but what or it's like beethoven's fifth symphony you know what i mean like there's everybody everything has an appreciator there's always gonna be somebody who appreciates everything but that's not exactly the question no the the so i'm trying to get to my answer (laughs) um you know i would never say that the taylor swift catalog even approaches the level of you know appreciation or necessity that the Beatles catalog does. I think everybody needs to hear music like that. Whereas I don't think everybody needs to hear Taylor Swift, like, but it will have fans and it will have its place. So to deny that it is artistically important is, well, you're, you're kind of arguing both sides of that coin. I am. So because like, so you say everybody needs to hear, everybody needs to hear the one um, and not the other. Are you saying that like, in, it, that you believe it's subjective that that like you know it may be just as important it may be just as valid to say I you know I have to hear Taylor Swift. You know fearless. what? Fuck that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stand on this. No, okay, no I, you don't have to listen to Taylor Swift music. And so so you know, this is this is a, an art appreciation concept. And what, what's your opinion, Matt? Real quick before you go any further, Aaron. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to reel you in. I don't have an answer for this. I'm not gonna be like, ha ha, fooled you. Deadly IO cane powder. You are now de- okay. Go ahead. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same camp as Aaron. If I understand what he's saying, in that so, like music like Taylor Swift is, it's bubblegum pop. Like, it's exactly it's it, a Snickers bar instead of a meal. Right. So it's not intended to have any lasting value whatsoever. Don't tell her that she probably thinks very much. Right. Of but I mean, you could you could look. I mean, I mean, take any pop song. You could take some computer generated pop song that becomes really popular and like that's bubblegum pop and nobody really gives a shit about it. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Thank you, Aqua. Yeah, there's a good example. So that song has art uh, and a certain aesthetic to it in that context. Right? So, so it has if, cultural significance but maybe not artistic would value. It, would it be correct to say that like that kind of bubblegum art is a poster you would buy at Spencer Gifts exactly. whereas... Uh, you know, name this X classic, you know, famous piece of music would be something that you would hang on the wall. Yeah. So, okay, so if you see a difference in that, do you feel like that is is purely your subjective opinion or do you think that there's a possibility that there's some objectivity in, in that distinction? I think there is some level of objectivity in that most, I think most people would recognize the difference between you know, those types of things. I, I agree with you. And I, I think that the only the only merit that could ever come from this retarded podcast uh, would be if we could ever begin to establish what are the objectives and, and like the positives and negatives that that actually occur in the music that we're that we're 
listening to for this podcast, for example. Yeah. So if you can't ever establish, like, this is objectively bad because these guys are doing this, or this is, like, you know, objectively good because they did this, like, there are subject. I think that's that's why it's so comp- so complicated. There's there's objective realities, in my opinion, with this music and with all music and all art, and then there's your your ability to interpret as just an individual. There's no fucking earthly way you could read those lyrics and know that this is a constant album about a serial killer. And you play the song for your mother, and she has no idea what the freaking hell is going on. Why am I not cursing? She has no idea what's going on in this song other than, like, that was catchy for that brief moment or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then it got really loud because you turned that down, that kind of thing. So there's there's some uh, necessary, like, interpretation involved no matter what. But I do think that there are some, there have to be some realities to saying, like, this is better music than that. And it feels like it's a really arrogant thing to say. But I'm not listen, I'm not speaking about anybody's music in particular. I'm not saying like black metal is bad, right? And, and you know, Beatles is good. I'm just right. saying. Well, I think a lot of times in order to make that that distinction, everything has to be taken in context, right? So like this song, in context, you know, when I first read the lyrics, I was thinking, all right, this song can go one of two ways. This could be a joke that is just nonsense, or this could be part of a, a larger work. And I was suspecting that. This was a concept album based on reading the lyrics, especially after hearing the song. Hearing the song, it seemed like it was taking the, the, the subject matter seriously, but the lyrics read uh, on their own without any context seems like this could be farcical based on the way this is written. So the same thing could be said about Taylor Swift. You could not have ever heard any Taylor Swift song ever before, hear one of her songs before and think, all right, this sounds like it's crap, but... Maybe it's not. Maybe this is in context of maybe this is part of a concept album where there's an artist writing pop music in order to express like a larger narrative. So, I'm actually I'll go out and I'll I'll defend the blonde bombshell. She's not. She's Um, no blonde bombshell. No, but uh, there's there's been a moment where it's like like somebody kind of pulled that on me before. They're like, you know, I want you to check this out, and I read her lyrics and like to to one of her songs, and I was like, you know what? That's probably not a shitty song. Now I was proved wrong, but um, you know, like that there was there was an artistic quality to the way she was writing that I was like, okay, like I could actually see this working, like in in a specific context. But then I dare um, you to remember what that song was. I'm trying to really hard right now, and um, oh god, I'm, it's not You're gonna not happen. Gonna it. it's, okay. it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. That's that's all full of malted hops and bongos, and that part of my brain's gone now. Uh, but I, I feel like anybody, you know, that, that's, that's the big thing with music. That's the big thing with art in general. It's like anybody is capable of making an ultimate expression that will, you know, capture your mind and your imagination and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter who's creating it. Somebody's capable of it. But I think the more you educate yourself about the music, the more you educate yourself about any particular art form, you are more akin to appreciate it and catch it when it comes up. Like... Why would you, you know, in order to catch that on music, do you have to listen to 9,000 artists before you finally find that one moment of brilliance from 9,000 artists? Or can you see brilliance in 100 artists, 1,000 artists? You know, and so I feel like to, to the point that Chris was making, you need to be at, at least somewhat educated about music in general and what makes good music that's not all subjective in your head 
to to make informed decisions about the the kind of music you want to support and the artists that you want to give time to because there's so much of it out there especially these days when you know record companies have gone by the wayside and everybody's a self-produced artist it's like you you could spend infinite amounts of time tracking all these people down where it's like you know if you have at least some good basis of what is good versus bad you can weed through a lot of that stuff really quickly and, and hold on to the stuff that you think will have potential value to expand your mind and your understanding of you know where people are coming from which is hopefully what music hopes to do in the first place i have a i have a slightly different opinion on that and, and, and only in that i just i don't think there's anything wrong with your favorite song being i'm a barbie girl i think you can be a fucking taylor swift nut job Aaron, you would be an awesome Taylor Swift nut job. It would be amazing <laughs> to see you like rocking out in the middle of a group of like like six year old girls and jumping around like crazy. But anyways, you, I, I feel like what what you want to listen to is what you want to listen to. I feel like man. you're you're not you don't have a, a an obligation to appreciate any kind of objective standard in music. You whatever whatever uh, you know resonates with you, just fucking go for it. Who cares? Especially if you're somebody who steals their music anyways. If you if you go ahead and download all your music, I really don't even give a fuck what you have to say about anything anyways because you don't support art. But if I were to look at me as a, as a appreciator of visual arts, I would probably be that asshole who would put a dog's playing poker, you know, picture up in his living room as opposed to, you know, many, many famous pieces of art, many pieces of art that are absolutely priceless. I would definitely sooner have a Velvet Elvis and I don't even fucking like Elvis, but I would have a sooner have a Velvet Elvis than have like a Picasso print in my house. And I like Picasso. It's fucking weird. So it's like it's what you appreciate is what you appreciate. But I would never, I would never tell you that this this dog's painting, you know, dogs playing poker painting, is more important than a Monet. I would never tell you that it's more important than a, a Matisse or something like that. It's you know you have to be able to tell the difference. I feel like. Uh, if you engage yourself in that concept, if you spend the time to put put yourself in a position to have to listen to and consider the art that you're that you're coming across, eventually you start to know it when you hear it. You start to know it when you see it, and you can, I think, say, "I don't fucking like this music at all," but that's pretty fucking impressive artwork, and it, not impressive in the in the technical sense. Not impressive because. That guy played sixty fourth note triplets with like one finger or something like that. Not because that drummer is like better than you are, but because it's you know it, it does something that nothing else does or does something that that you haven't heard before. It tries to make some kind of sound that has not yet been heard without using machines to to kind of facilitate the process. So I guess that's the way I look at it. I feel like there's you know there are some objective realities that do go beyond what we what we give a shit about subjectively what we what we give a shit about as opinions like I'd rather have a pizza half the time than have like a gourmet meal I know you're very different from that I think you're very different from that too but like I would any time of any day I would rather have like a pizza you know almost always than like a super complicated you know this is a visual masterpiece piece what of fuck food. is wrong with lobster bisque man I don't fucking want sea creatures okay go ahead Matt you can finish <laughs> this thing up this is probably our longest podcast today but it, is, it is this is the most uh, uh Kind of ethereal discussion we've had too, where we indeed uh, it has to be done. We need to we need to set some fucking guidelines for the direction of this giant, brilliant piece of media that we are existing in. I don't think so. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I think I I think you're right. I agree with you that I mean you kind of know art when you see it, and it's you know it's the old thing about like I know pornography when I see it because you know it it 
it evokes you a hear certain, that Gaga. It evokes a certain emotion in you, and you can you. I mean, you can. We all have bullshit filters where we can tell, like, hey, when something's trying to come off as being high concept or high art, and it's just video. It's a bunch of nonsense, right? So, you know, we all have you know kind of an innate ability to tell what's more important than other things. And I think even people who are Taylor Swift fans, you know, could recognize. You know, you play them, you know, some sort of symphony or or you know fucking like Dark Side of the Moon or something, you know, be like, wow, this is a more important piece of work than, yeah, I, you know, I, than, than I lived that experience. To. I, you know, I grew up on some, I grew up on some amazing music and some really tremendously terrible music. And, and I, you know, I feel like I, I recognize the difference and still listen to the crappy music, you know, for a long period. Right. Of time. That's not to say there's anything wrong with liking crappy music. Sure. I and mean, we all have our guilty pleasures and, you know, there's a certain kind of like, like, kitschy uh, appeal to certain music that you yeah, know it's like the cinnabon hello kitty of of music <laughs> right i'm gonna go with please hammer don't hurt them that was uh <laughs> that was always a fave and that all has its place but i agree with you like the ability to to recognize what's more important than other things is, um i mean that's what it's all about is being a, a music aficionado and is being an art appreciator and you know it, it when it comes to prog music i think you know, for me, I just dislike a lot of it because it, it doesn't appeal to me subjectively. And I can recognize the, the, the mastery on some of it objectively. And I can give kind of, you know, uh, credit where credit Reluctant is props. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, for Rush, I probably can never do that just because I just... I, I, Everything that has to do with that. We band. were so close on Jacob's ladder. We were so close, <laughs> and we're not going to get any closer with any other Rush song. I don't, I don't think so. Think. I'll, I'll, I'll dig in. We'll find something. But like Deep Purple, like Lee and Turn Off. Deep Purple, I, I appreciated. Uh, I can kind of sense that band. You know, is is you know, making real art, and I kind of get that sense from the song I heard today, especially now knowing a little bit more in context about what it's about. So. Um, you know, to that extent, you know. Maybe. Congratulations, Stephen Wilson. You helped us win another battle. <laughs> if anybody doesn't care, exactly. Stephen Wilson. Yeah. If there's anybody more disaffected by the situations of the world. Well, right. This song alone, don't like, but I'm intrigued enough to listen to more. So I think we will, in a future podcast that you will not listen to, um, we will we will have we'll report back. We'll have Matt listen to this whole album at some point over the next a month or so, and and uh, we'll we'll find out if, in retrospect, this album is a giant pile of shit and a song with it, or <laughs> if, as a matter of fact, it's actually not horrible, and I I somehow appreciate this, and it bothers me deeply in I'm, my soul. I'm hoping this is more Operation Mindcrime and not Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you got it this right is, down to this is well done, kids. That was a perfect teaser by Chris. All right. <laughs> So. Alright, we'll sign the hell off. It's time to open some more beer and then try and actually play music ourselves, which you will not hear. Thanks a lot. Thank you.